0: Howdy, to Tonzilla Files, and welcome to another episode of Escaping the Cave. Tonsilla XPod, EscapingTheCave.com. You can find me over at Twitter, at ETCpod, if you like. Also on Facebook, Facebook group over there, too. I'm your friendly, cordial host, Todd. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for clicking in. Recording date on this one is September the 12th of 2020. i joined again by Brian. I'm going to be doing this, I think, every Sunday, release these episodes early in the week, uh, pretty much on a regular basis from here on out. This is the second time he and I have uh, joined forces for a podcast, and this one's fun. Turned out really well. We start out by uh, discussing the new documentary, The Social Dilemma. Hit Netflix last week. It talks about the dangers of social media and what social media is doing to us and how there's sort of manufacturing and engineering it. Not a perfect documentary. I'll get into some of the reasons why in the episode, but it's worth seeing. If you're listening to this podcast, you pretty much have to watch that, right? Go ahead and do that. And the conversation uh, sort of takes off from there and revolves around this perceptual divide involving how people see the world, interpret the world, perceive the world, and sort of mistake that for reality. We also discuss the process of digital detox, how hard it is for some people to extract themselves from the Zuckerberg matrix, and we begin to touch on possible uh, directions where this is taking us and some possible (laughs) hard-to-find solutions, let's put it that way. It's a good one. Hope you enjoy it.
1: You always have the power of the edit, so. <laughs> What's that? And <laughs> then you always have the power of the edit.
0: Thank God for the edit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry about it.
0: I went through a uh, uh, a few podcasts this week, but to take all that old stuff, boil it down, get the current events crap out of there. It teaches you a little bit about your your little uh, you know vocal idiosyncrasies. You know how it is when I mean, you're mm-hmm. checking yourself mm-hmm. back in the radio mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. You're separated from it, and you can hear it.
1: Well, I thought what you created from last week, uh, or maybe that was two weeks ago. Was that last week? Yeah, one um, week ago. Um, I thought it sounded really good. I was like, man, I, I, I actually don't sound as much of an idiot like I thought I did. <laughs> um, Far from it. You know, because just the way you cut it, it just sounds good and it flows very nicely.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Well, it was a good conversation, though, too. And Yeah, it was. It's interesting because uh, was it right after that, that Social Dilemma thing dropped?
1: Well, yeah, that Let's, yeah, yeah, that was, we'll talk about that when we go hot.
0: Well, we're, we're hot. So we're hot. <laughs> Should I have told you that? Sorry. Well, see, we're know. learning each other. I, um, can, I can start it no, now. If there's
1: nothing I can say that's that's embarrassing to myself. I've already embarrassed myself to the point of
0: <laughs> What are you talking about? What is that? What is Just that? Just in
1: life, in, in life in general, right? Yeah. <laughs> But no, and that I I watched it as soon as I could on Friday, and uh, it just it it blew my mind. Yeah, and then of course I texted you, you know, to watch it. Now. Did you get a chance to watch it that night, or did you check it out later? I
0: watched it very late Friday night. Yes.
1: Yeah, I want to watch it again because there's so much that uh, I probably missed. But uh, man, I had some real takeaways out of that. Actually, I haven't I haven't been on social media other than other than the way you and I are connecting here. I haven't been on social media since
0: Friday night. Really, not at all, huh? Nothing. Yeah.
1: I didn't have a lot anyway. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not an Instagram person. I'm not a Twitter person. I believe it or not. I'm, I think I'm the only person in the universe that doesn't have Twitter. I couldn't give a shit about Twitter. Never could. Yeah. Um, same thing about what's uh, the, what's the, what's the, what's the one that kids are on? TikTok. TikTok. Who, gives a, who gives a fuck about TikTok? I have really? never
0: even looked at it.
1: So <laughs> I'm out of their demo, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm not, you know, but, uh, I d- I, you know, I did use for a while since uh, 2009, uh, I, you know, I used I used Facebook for a lot of things like, you know, connecting with news, connecting with uh, groups that I'm interested in, you know, um, like they, the elephant groups, like the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, places like that, nice places to connect. Mm-hmm. But um, I never really fully understood how weaponized these companies have made my interest. And my, I guess, um, I'll say this and then I'll shut the fuck up and let you talk, but no, I, I, uh, um, the, the big thing that I took away from the, uh, the documentary, the, the social dilemma documentary was that, and it never dawned on me, I knew it, but I guess it never really sunk in that we're all living our lives with different sets of facts. Yes. That was a mind-blowing moment for me. If we all are living with different sets of facts, okay. we're having completely different experiences, how can we ever have a society? How can you share a reality? You don't. You don't share a reality. Right. That's
0: that's why we are where we are now. It's Exactly. Well, it's a, it's a big reason why. I, I, I yeah. think I would push back on saying that that's the, that's the sole reason, but I, th- I think it it definitely contributes to
1: that. Well, the reason we're there is because of human nature and what we what we're attracted to, our own tribes and our own. You know, um, mm-hmm. you agree you agree with me, therefore I like you. You don't <laughs> you don't agree with me. Well, I'm a little suspicious of you. Right. Um. And so you know, it's human nature is the cause of this. But when you add in um, at first, you know, of course it started out with I don't know maybe maybe the um, cable news boom, right, where we were all able to choose a a channel and this is where I get my news. And they may be reporting facts, right? But it's their version of the facts. What are they leaving out that they're not reporting that's creating a virtually different story? Right,
0: that's pretty much the definition of propaganda.
1: Yeah, in a way it is. And it's the way they decide to uh, to report two two of the same stories and completely, both completely factual, but with completely different contextual meaning, Mm -hmm. right? So that started, and maybe that started back in the 80s or late 80s, early 90s, and then it became a proliferation. But by the the time um, social media comes along uh, and we can pick and choose where we get our facts, you know, from where we get our facts, then it's like now I'm living in a completely different existence than than someone else, right?
0: Parallel universes, different parallel informational universes, different dimensions, really.
1: Yeah, I used to say we all live in, you know, we live in two different countries together, right? We have a conservative country and a liberal country and very little in between. Yeah, But it's, 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 a, it's a lot deeper than that. You know, it was, it was definitely that was sort of a first grade understanding of what's really going on.
0: And I, I think maybe it's counterintuitive to think or to understand that the person who is pulling their phone out in another state or another town is mm-hmm. getting a completely different picture of the world through their social media account, through their Facebook account than you are. They are yeah. completely different. And I think everybody, yeah. I think most people, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people assume that we're all seeing the same things on this news feed. I used to think that.
1: Yeah. um and, and you know, that, okay, well, I'm getting this piece of news and a bunch of other people are getting this piece of news. No, that's not true. Yeah. They're getting different news. It might be the same story, but it's different news.
0: It's like getting. Right? It's like getting. Uh, it's like watching Rachel Maddow and watching Hannity at night. Yeah, you're right. hearing about this event that happened, but you're not getting any anywhere near the same contextual information or the contextual and spin it, on it.
1: Yep, and it just creates this 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 um, I don't know canyon wide division between us. It really does. We are not sharing the same. exactly that that is mind-blowing
0: that's untenable you cannot live in a cooperative society a mass society of 330 million people if you cannot agree that the sky is blue
1: oh no fuck no you can't there society can't function that like that we have to at least have some idea some agreement on you know what set of facts we believe that's what society comes from i don't um otherwise You know, um, it's just I'm not. I don't hate to be one of those. That's just you know, the the crumbling of society is inevitable. Why? But (laughs) until we get this figured out, yeah, it's happening in real time.
0: I I, right? Yeah, I am one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. that society is crumbling right before our eyes. That's exactly what's. uh, I've used this quote a number of times. That there's a there's a fine line between cynicism and realism. And there's also yeah. a fine line between hope and delusion. And if you look around the country, if you look around the world, just how it's changing and the path that it's been on the last 15 years, the path of this country, the path it's been on for the last 15 years. I don't know how you can come to any kind of non-deluded conclusion of, uh, about where this is headed if something doesn't change quickly.
1: Exactly. And I don't, and I'm not smart enough to know how to change that. I'm sure it has something to do with algorithms, which is math, which is not my thing, uh, which is <laughs> right. why I majored in psych. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, it, it's, it's definitely something that they can do to change that. Right. At least it's at least police the feeds, at least give us the same idea of, of same facts.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, there was a time and I, and I hate to sound like the old fucker that's like, well, back when I was a kid, but the, the, the truth is, you know, when we had three channels with three different, um, you know, news programs, all at the same time, 6 and 6.30 every night. Um, you had your choice between, you know, like Walter Cronkite and Roger Mudd, and and, the, and I forget who the ABC guy was. Basically, they were all running the same stories. They might run them in a different order, but the facts were the facts, right? And there was this, remember this, do you remember at the end of these news programs, the, uh, the nightly news, at the end, there would be this thing that, that said editorial, Right, right, and it's, they label it as, okay. as such. Now, here's two here's two minutes of me talking about how I feel about the news, right. um, and that, but you knew it. You knew it's like, okay, here's Uncle Walty. He's going to kind of give us a little translation of what he knows about the news. But but you you had some sort of idea that what you had watched for the previous 28 minutes minus commercials was factual news, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's almost entirely opinion news. I don't know if that's a fact. I don't know if that's a term or if that's a thing, but. Editorializing. It's what it feels like yeah. it's editorializing it's hundred percent editorializing mm-hmm. and I find that it's really difficult to find straight news anywhere right yeah where can I get where can I get some news
0: News nations new started at the beginning of the month it's on WGN America. We've been watching it. It's on, like, I think 8 to 10. That's it. And then they go back to in the heat of the night programming that they have the rest of the day. Oh, nice. They have billed themselves as being sort of without the spin, without the hype, without the outrage. I'll have to
1: check it out. Well, I actually actually did something astronomically crazy yesterday and subscribed to a newspaper. Can you (laughs) believe it? Yeah, which one? Of the free of the the free press, and that's a good, that's a great newspaper. So I'm just thinking there's got to be ways for me to get news.
0: Give News Nation a sampling. I mean, it's like I said, it's not perfect, but it stands out for the lack of hype and the lack of the outrage peddling.
1: For now, yeah, right? I definitely want to check that out. I've always yeah. been a fan of just going like as far as my news feeds go. I usually instead of going to somebody who's already distilled it for me I've always been a fan of going to the the, the feed services you know what I'm talking about the wire services AP UPI yeah, yeah. Uh, Al-, Al Jazeera I, I know that probably gives people anxiety because I said Al Jazeera but it's a great news organization in fact they hired away a lot of the uh, the good straight news people from uh, from the networks here in the United States so yeah. so yeah um, anyway that's a, and that's a great source too so I like to go to those places to get the news before it's been distilled by uh, some talking head on a 24-hour news channel, right? right. Yeah, you've given me. We a- don't have any. I, we don't have any defense against this stuff. Is what, I'm, what I, I think is what I'm coming from. So not only did did we get, um, you know, I get this takeaway that that you know we're all living in a world of, diff- of a different reality because of our different facts we have no real defenses against it just because of the way our brains are wired.
0: Well, self-awareness would help. I mean, if if people understood, and this is is my whole, the whole crux of everything that I think I'm moving towards, is that there is a defense against this, but it's self-awareness. And we are so unaware of our own cognitive and psychological processes. I I think I may have pointed this out in one of the chats. I've said it on this podcast a thousand times. The next evolutionary step has to be one of self-awareness, where we look in the filthy mirror and see what the gargoyle that's looking back at us so we oh, can at, change it.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to be aware of what's going on before you can do something exactly. about it. But, but if you're not aware of it, so it's up to, you know, I guess people like you who have podcasts like this and, and the, this, uh, this documentary, uh, you know, to kind of get out there and say, okay, everybody, this is going on. It's time to unplug from the matrix.
0: There's a problem there. It's like Cypher. You use the matrix analogy. There's, a, there's Cypher, in he, he's taken out of the matrix, and he doesn't like it. He yeah. wants to go back and enjoy his juicy fake steak. That's right. That's the problem. And I, I'm coming back to this. I mean, you can wait, raise all the awareness you want. You remember the great hack? Remember that documentary?
1: Oh God, yeah,
0: yeah. That that was another one that you know mm-hmm. made a little bit, made a few ripples in the pond for a few days, few weeks, whatever it is. And now you've got this one, and then it went away, and then it went away. And now you've got this one making a bit of a sensation in certain circles. Anyway, at least it's in the zeitgeist now.
1: Right. Well, these people seems like they've started. Uh, they started an organization called, you know, like the Center for Humane Technology or yeah, something Tristan like that. And, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy. So, so that, that's that's a first step. But, but I think some basic psychological knowledge, right, is is, is really a key. And I, I mean, somewhere along the line, we stop teaching this stuff. Um, and what I'm, you know, this is, you know, we talked a little bit. You and I have talked a little bit about operant conditioning and. And it's not, you know, it's not high-level psychology by any stretch. Any, any you know, uh, undergrad psychology major can explain operant conditioning. And that is just a system of rewards and punishment. Our behavior, everything we do from, second to, from moment to moment, from microsecond to microsecond is determined by a system of rewards and punishments. If I'm rewarded by something that's happening, something I've done, something I've said, something I've, you know, uh, some behavior, that's reinforced. Right. If I'm punished by punished, meaning um, extinguished or reduced, it doesn't mean, you know, smacked on the head. It, it just means that, you know, somehow the behavior has been punished. Then I'm not going to do that again. If I touch the stove and I get burned, I'm not going to do it again. Um, you know, that's sort of the next level of classical conditioning. Right. Well, but all this stuff, you know, video games, you know, which I love video games, but I noticed this about video games a long time ago. This stuff is, That's just operant conditioning in overdrive. Same thing with social media, Right. It's just yeah. this constant reward and punishments and and especially the rewards and the more likes you get uh, do this. I do this filter to my face oh. and look how beautiful and and you get all these wonderful rewards and you come back for it. You get that dopamine hit. Right. <laughs> you just become <laughs> yeah. a fucking drug addict. Right. Yeah,
0: it's, it's the dopamine drip thing that I talked about back in January or yeah. February, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's the yeah, dopamine exactly. reward or or. And this is this is I mean, you've given me a list of things. To talk about here already. I'm I'm actually have my notebook out and I'm writing these things down (laughs) as we go (laughs) along. Yeah,
1: future episodes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the dopamine drip uh, thing is, um, it's huge. And you said you've been off social media since Friday. I closed my main account. It's open now, but nobody's in it. I have 15 travel people that never post anything.
1: I'm having a little bit of withdrawal. We'll get to that. Well, it
0: gets worse. That was what I was going to try to point out last week was that there is a physiological and psychological problem with that after, I mean, Mm -hmm. and it lasts for a little while because you're used Mm -hmm. to that dopamine hit. You're used to maybe your cultural or social reinforcement if you've got a lot of news people who are reinforcing your echo chamber or whatever. When you Mm -hmm. cut that off, you have ostracized yourself and you are sitting alone in the woods twiddling your thumbs. What am I supposed to do now?
1: Well, right. you're, un- you're unplugged from the Borg and, you know, yeah. then you've got, you know, you've got to figure out, yeah, I have to think for myself, right? Yeah. It's, I think the Borg yeah. is almost a better analogy than the Matrix, right? Because the Borg, they're all sharing the same thought, right? They can mm-hmm. hear each other's thoughts and that's pretty much it. And I was never, you know, so, so into social media that, or I like to think I wasn't so into social media that I craved the, um, you know, the approval and the validation but there were times, of course, I did. If I posted a particularly funny meme, or if I posted something that that I thought mm-hmm. needed to be posted, if I didn't get the reaction that I expected, I had a feeling about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was depressed, or you know, or anxious. What about would you it. say it was? Did- I don't know. I have to put my finger on it. I think maybe disappointment in myself, or maybe, uh, or maybe sometimes I'd be like, "Well, fuck these guys. They don't understand. <laughs> they don't get it." Right. So, so that you you're you're basically creating these. These feelings out of thin air, from from being in the Borg or being in the Matrix or whatever—two fabulous analogies for this whole process.
0: Let's move backwards. So you and I come from a radio background. We've both been on-air personalities. We worked Mm -hmm. in a performance industry, and I talked last year about uh, performance addiction and how Mm -hmm. people who go into the arts—okay, you're on stage, you're on a microphone, you're behind a camera, whatever it is—you have a need to perform for people because you get something out of it.
1: Sure, I'm still in theater because of it.
0: Right, and right? it's the reward from the audience. Yes, you are performing for the audience. I am here giving the audience a wonderful gift of something. Okay, but that's only part of the equation. You're getting <laughs> yeah. something back. You're getting that approval. If you're on stage, you're oh, getting yeah. applause. If you're at the radio station, you're getting phone calls. It doesn't matter yeah. if they're good phones, or good phones or bad phones. They're listening to As you. long as somebody's listening. <laughs> they're they're yeah. hearing you. And when I was doing the stand-up stuff in Chicago... I got really interested in hearing these stand-up comics at the bar after their shows, almost never on stage. Drew Michael did this on, uh, on one of his shows. I posted that clip, I think, two or three episodes back, uh, where they actually talk about this. They'll sit there with their beer, and they'll talk about what they're getting back, how psychologically they, they scarred they were as children, uh-huh. and how, how they were bullied or picked on, and this is their way to get the validation and get the approval. And when they yeah. don't get that something happens, something very yeah. bad happens. And the connection I want to make between what you what you were talking about with your post is what standups would go through when they bombed. Mm-hmm. They're not getting that feedback from their the validation fans, from the audience and taken yep. to its extreme, and this happens a lot and I think this ties into drug abuse. I think it dr- ties into suicide among performers, high-end performers who can yep. never fill that hole. It doesn't yep. matter cuz it's it, it yep. you can get that little hit. It's, un, it, it's unfillable. Exactly. Right? You build a tolerance. So now you've set you've set this this baseline for how much dopamine you need to be satisfied and then you have to exceed it or you're not progressing.
1: Yeah, and you, but, you wonder why you get the right? This
0: is exactly what social
1: media channels. Yeah, it really does and it's primal. Yeah. It's not something that it's, 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 lizard brain kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, I mean, it's not a couple days in therapy and you're going to be fine. It's, it's, lizard, it's that, it's that approval. It's that validation. It's that sense of who I am as a human being. And if you take that away, then who am I, you know, what, what am I doing here? You're
0: an ostracized chimp in the woods all alone.
1: Which sometimes isn't necessarily a bad thing.
0: To human beings didn't evolve that way. <laughs> Evolutionarily <laughs> speaking, yes, it is. It is, and it's it's one thing to be a loner. I guess it's nice. I, I like that phrase. I like to think that I stand apart from the world. You know that I'm an independent thinker and that I do things and come up with things and I I behave independently of what anyone else thinks. But that only <laughs> I can only make that argument so far.
1: Yeah. For so, long, I mean, why are you doing this podcast? Exactly.
0: Right? So. <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: It's all. It's all part of the show, yeah. right? It's all part of the the performance.
0: Ted Kaczynski um, was more of a. He was more of an authentic loner than I am.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I, and, I, and, you, and I'm on the podcast with you for mm-hmm. much the same reason. I mean, you and I have always been the type that can just talk for what for hours about anything. By the way, our um,
0: conversations for the listeners, our conversations typically sound like this. <laughs> this isn't this is This is basically <laughs> what we sound like for
1: 20 years. This is basically what we sounded like. Yeah. And um, they just decided to record them all of a sudden. But, um, uh, you know, but it's the same thing. I'm getting the same, you know, uh, approval, whether it's from your uh, your listeners or even if it's from you or, or you know, a little bit from myself. Because sure. if I say something that I think is is fairly uh, intelligent, I think, well, that was pretty good, Brian. You know, right. it wasn't bad.
0: And there's a utility uh, to that.
1: I mean, people write mm-hmm. books.
0: You know, Christopher Uh Hitchens got the same rush that we're getting right now to maybe a different degree, but it it works because if you have something that's not just masturbating on stage for the approval of the crowd, if you have something Mm -hmm. to share, channeling, I don't know if it's ego, that need for expression, whatever it is, that's how society progresses. We don't progress by sitting alone in our living rooms, writing in our notebooks, and then throwing the notebooks in the closet. Right. We share so
1: so But Yeah, exactly. So, but, but somehow social media, that amplification from social media is uh, short-circuiting that somehow. Yes. On a level that we're not equipped to handle.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Because our, our brains haven't done much evolving in…
0: Thousands uh, and thousands of
1: years. 10, 10, yeah. 10 20,000 years, something, something like, like that. Something like that, yeah. They say once we, I think I read, once we became uh, agrarian, once we learned how to, how to grow our own crops, our brains changed a little bit based on what we were eating. But, um, uh, you know, for the most part, it's the same brain we've had for, for 20,000 years or whatever. Right. Um, and, and yet technology is changing at, at a rate, um, you know, minute by minute that we're just we're just not equipped to handle. Right. We're, our, our, our lizard brain just isn't equipped to deal with it. And so we get these feelings, these emotions, these hormone bursts um, that feel very real, like because they are. But what preceded that wasn't real; mm-hmm. it was ones and zeros, right, yeah. over a modem. How do we unplug from that? How can we? Then I realize, you know, and I they, they they made some suggestions in the in the documentary that were I don't know they were sort of. Pedestrian, I think and they were talked mm-hmm. about. Well, you know, um, keep track of the time you're online, and, and, yeah. and you know, like, don't yeah. let kids, don't no, yeah, don't <laughs> let yeah, don't let kids on, don't let kids on social media before high school, and um, you know, all these little things they give you, they give you like three suggestions. Like, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, appreciate the effort. Eat your vegetables. That's not, you know. Yeah, that's not gonna solve the problem. No, right, right. And as long as they um, uh, you you used a phrase. God, what was the phrase? It was like. It was like, um, weapon, it's like, it's like monetizing data. It's like, it's an economy. You said something economy. You said this a couple of months ago. I was like, oh man, that's really nice. It's like a a data economy or a gig economy or, um, God, it's, it's basically the the sharing of our personal data among all these companies Mm -hmm. (laughs) is create, you know, is creating some kind of economy. Right. And that's where the problem is.
0: I'll go back and look. For that. That sounds
1: great. It, yeah, unless <laughs> we take back control of our own data, um, it's not going to change because they—they—it's they, money, right? Right. Right. Well, no, people have to
0: people have to care for one thing. I mean, there again, there's a there's a there's a little octopus over here in the corner where I could go in eight different directions about what you just talked about. But people have to care. I'm going to go back to that for a second, because yeah, you, know, yeah, you can right. we can we can sit here and we can talk and we can talk and we can talk all we want to. It's like the great hack sort of fell off into into, you know, the abyss after it was around for a couple of weeks. The attention span and everything else is gone. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the same thing's probably going to happen with Social Dilemma. You know, we'll talk about it for a little while and then people won't give a shit. Even if I, you know, best case scenario, I get all of this figured out and I am presenting it accurately and I do somehow, some way offer some sausage party hope solution for you.
1: It doesn't
0: (laughs) matter. It doesn't matter if the people do not
1: care. If the people. We have to be functioning on a certain level, right? Because, you know, do you want to feel good or do you want to feel bad? And I, I would rather feel good. So I'm just gonna go back to my phone and I'm gonna go through my social media and I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna scroll for hours and hours and possibly It's not adulting. Get hit by That's not
0: being an adult.
1: No, it isn't. That's but you child. know it, But it feels bad to take that away, right? Oh I feel bad okay. now. I feel well, I feel anxious. It,
0: if I'm right and winter is here, it's gonna feel really bad when you start seeing people being shot on the streets just simply because of social media data driven uh, polarization. And right. when we get to the fa- the point where we are a different species who wants to kill each other, just simply right. because of the realities that are being interpreted through our devices, that's going to feel pretty bad as well.
1: It is. It's going to feel awful, But uh, but that's later. Right? Isn't that? The, isn't that? Isn't it? Right? That's not right now. Sure, that's and like that's the, the climate different.
0: change thing. It's it's going to happen in forty years. So fuck or it. Or
1: smoking? Right? We're smoking. we like You can't get smokers to smoke. You know, because yeah, I'm probably going to die from this, but I'm not going to die from it for, for thirty years. Right. right so that's
0: before. adolescent thinking. Great. <laughs> we move from it child is. to adolescent thinking. <laughs> it is. It's um
1: it, you know it's juvenile. It's juvenile. It's a juvenile way of thinking, but um it's um it's the way a lot of a lot of people most and we all. Do it at some point, and we're not immune to it ourselves. Sure,
0: I understand. On certain things, I get that.
1: Um, but it's it, but this is the topic that this is what this is what has to change. And somehow we got to make that make that happen. We can't live in a society where we're all living with different realities. Mm-hmm. It, you have no society. Right? It's not a society if you're not having a shared experience. It's anarchy. So what is it? It's It's anarchy. anarchy. It's everybody everybody doing their own
0: thing. We're in a state of informational anarchy as we speak. It's already happened. It's already there. I could go back. Before I deactivated the social media profile, I had various people in, in there. And just reading the different things that people were posting and sharing, Through their social Mm -hmm. media accounts, it's like living on Mars and living on Venus. There is Uh no commonality there. It is informational anarchy. It's, you know, the the echo chamber decides how you you choose to perceive this one single reality we all share.
1: Mm -hmm. And you have no control over it. The things you buy, the things you read, the things you just, your decisions are not your own.
0: That's, again, this is one shortcoming of this documentary and most of these documentaries that I, that I really have a problem with because you do have control. Ultimately, you do have control whether or not Facebook manipulates what you buy and what you think.
1: But you have to know how to take control. Yes, you do. But most people don't know how to do that. Deactivate it. Yeah. It takes five minutes. And if but you that can't handle okay, okay, oh, okay, that's, okay, so okay. that's whatever. That's you, so have,
0: you have control.
1: Oh, you can quit. Sad.
0: You and I both know what it takes to quit smoking, Brian.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's For the sure. same addiction. It's the same thing. You ultimately have control of whether or not you light a cigarette. Now, is it uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Do you desperately want a cigarette? Of course you do. But ultimately, the cigarette is pulled from the pack by your hand. The lighter is flicked mm-hmm. by your finger. And you mm-hmm. suck the cigarette dry. Yep. Ultimately, well, you know, it's up it, to
1: you. Yeah, and for me, it was just it was it was not difficult once I sort of understood. And the, you know the the documentary wasn't without I think some of its some flaws. Yeah. Um, Earth, but Earth, overall, Earth. overall, overall, the key message is there, and the, the the one single message that you know that I that really uh, resonated with me was just the fact that we're all experiencing the world differently because of what we're being given to read and to understand. And, uh, and so it became really easy from, I think within five minutes of the credit rolling at the end, I had, I had, I, I had logged out and deleted my account.
0: Did you actually delete it?
1: Uh, not the account. I deleted the app. I should say. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got a lot of pictures in there. I'd like to get out of there before. Well, I yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, that's that I, you laugh, but that's exactly why I haven't deleted my account.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, mean,
0: I could easily open another one and run the page in the book or the the group yeah. uh, from mm-hmm. the other account. In fact, I have when the other one was was deactivated. But I have a lot of memories in there from my traveling. Oh, oh
1: I, sure. I don't well, want to blow well, yeah.
0: that up just yet.
1: Well, but, the irony about my experience too is that you know I I you know I, I run the social media for the organization that I work for.
0: <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> but I don't I don't need to have
1: my own right.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're Frank Luntz. I love it. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is that you, you and I were out of touch for a few years, and I started the um, what I call the digital detox process. It really kind of started to ramp up around 2014, but I really got into it. I read this article by Andrew Sullivan. He went through this when he was blogging. Yeah. And he oh, became, I, I, love, I love it. Yeah, he's I love fantastic. It. And he he was consumed by it. and he, he I think he went to a retreat, like a Buddhist, one of those meditation don't speak mm-hmm. retreats, to mm-hmm. get away from his blog. Yeah. And he wrote what must have been a 6,000 word article about that experience. I read it. I think it was on the New Yorker back in 2016. I read this thing and I'm like, holy shit, this is me. OK, yeah. and that's when it really started. And I thought it was going to be a process just like, OK, well, I'm done. Bye. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. You take a step forward and people who have been with me on social media, you know, over the course of these years have seen it happen where I'll take these steps and then I'll come back three steps back. I'm back. Hi. Did you miss me? Yeah. OK, that's great. <laughs> I'm back. And it's it's a process and, and it's not Love
1: just. Love me. Love me.
0: Yes. It's it exactly. I'm too isolated. Yeah. I need somebody. And it, yeah. it it's it's so difficult to it it's, it's hard to get rid of social media if you've been entrenched in it and you've been dependent dependent upon it not only for your validation but your your eyeballs into the world. It's right as on. hard to get rid of that as it is to quit smoking.
1: It is. It it's it's hard because it's a it's a physiological effect. It's not just, you know, getting information and processing information. The information that you're getting um, is triggering the hormonal effects, you know, oxytocin, and uh, I want to say serotonin and other things. You know, you're getting actual biochemical uh, changes. to yeah.
0: this and and, this and
1: you have to learn how to live without it, or, yeah. or find other ways to get that. Go yeah. for a walk. Hey, well, have that a helps. That helps. Call your grandma. Oh you my know?
0: God! I, I you know I've had better luck with it this year than ever. You know, like I said, I don't have any kind of incoming signals from anybody other than the people who are in that group and occasionally on that page. It's all centered around this material and this content. Okay? So I don't I don't have to deal with any other crap unless I go looking for it. And I do. I go off the reservation. I'll go snoop other people's profiles. I do it all the time because I want to see what these extremists, what these sort of, you know, these fanatics are posting and how far off the cliff they've leapt this week. But it's not being fed to me on a regular basis. And as a result of that, my news feed looks nothing like what they were talking about in this documentary.
1: It looks (laughs) because you took control of it. Nothing's
0: coming in. It's wonderful. I use Firefox to block the ads. It's wonderful. (laughs) And it's a different experience now. I feel like I'm in control of it. At least. But when I when I got rid of everything and I spent a month off of it, I was not prepared for about two to three weeks later of just feeling completely ostracized, self-ostracized, yeah, yeah.
1: alone, alone, yes. very alone.
0: It's relative. I don't have a big social group. We moved to Kalamazoo a couple of years ago. All of my old friends yep. were radio people I'm not in contact with. I have nothing left in common with. Mm-hmm. All my friends, you know, that I grew up with, they think I'm a different species now. I can't relate yeah, to yeah. most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so who who is it I'm supposed to fraternize with? Believe it or not, you know, with my topics of interest and my personality, I'm not exactly relatable <laughs> to most people. Uh, uh, I can't go to the, well, the Elks yeah, and have a, yeah. have a little chat with somebody.
1: Yeah, but I, you'd be surprised. I bet you know you might have to you might have to tone it. <laughs> I you might.
0: I might have to tone it down a bit. Is that what you're yeah, are you are saying?
1: Yeah. Are you calling yeah, it? Are you calling flamboyant? Maybe adjust the gain a little bit. But uh, you know, I think you could probably have a really nice conversation <laughs> with somebody As, else. You know,
0: that's not that's not being fair. I do have good conversations, but they're usually single servings. I mean, I, I, yeah, admittedly and understandably, I will exhaust people, and I get that. <laughs> but but the, the point is, and I understand that and I can accept that about myself but what do i do without this platform and without this medium what am i supposed to do to socialize and get interaction and get other people's thoughts on this material without this platform
1: right yeah i I mean you you would have to do it the old-fashioned way and that is to start an organization start a club start a meeting go you know i don't know but nobody but it it involves actual human contact
0: right but all of those other human beings do that online so are they going to come you see? And I, no. and I didn't realize this. I didn't really understand this until my friend, Matt, he's, you know, been one of the, the I don't, I don't want to call him a fad. He's a friend, but he's, he's really been behind what I've been talking about. He's been behind the podcast from the beginning. I appreciate the hell out of this guy. And he sent me this drunken instant message at two o'clock in the morning a few <laughs> weeks ago. And he was basically, you know, drunkenly begging me to come back and do the podcast. And I had pretty much come to the conclusion I might be done with this. I am not getting anything out of it. No, there's no reward. I don't have it monetized intentionally because I don't want to market it for people to give me money or to listen to ads. You know, I don't want the content tated that way. I made a conscious choice not to do that. And so I don't have any reward system here. There's no sausage party hope. I don't hold any hope that this podcast is going to do a goddamn thing for the world. (laughs) <laughs> you know, nothing's going to change
1: as a result of it. Only
0: individual well, you're, people's perception. you're getting, you're
1: getting, you're getting something out of it. You're getting something out of it, right?
0: right? I, I I, I, it's hard to say. I think I am now. This, this is a whole other conversation. But up until that point, and up until you and I started connecting on this, mm-hmm. a little bit, because this, this really helps having somebody else to talk to really, oh, yeah. you know, bounce things off of and, and relate and kind of grow the field a little bit. Uh, yeah. But no, other than that, I mean, it's, it's very niche content. It's not mass appeal. So I'm not going to have hundreds and thousands of people listening to this podcast ever. So outside of the performance validation, the very little yeah. bit I get, no, there really wasn't any reward in place.
1: It, well, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm just thinking, you know, from a, as a, you know, from a psychological level, I think you're probably getting a psychological reward out of it, I, there, know, the, the, the ability to, burn, you know, drop your brain off, you know, and do some, you know, kind I, of fill your that, thought. I have gotten yeah. to that
0: point. I understand what it is I'm getting out of it. Yeah. I don't really want to put that here, <laughs> you know, but, no. it, but it has to do uh, with self-validation. I figured out how to move from nothing
1: to be, nothing to be embarrassed, you know, about being self-validated. We all need it. We all spend most of our lives getting it. You know what I mean? That's the replacement for
0: the shit you get from Facebook. That's what I figured out is that you have, you've got to take, you've got to move your validation from Facebook to what you're
1: doing physically. You become intrinsically motivated. Yes. You become intrinsically motivated as opposed to extrinsically motivated. Yeah. Your motivation for doing what you do comes from you, exactly. Not from, not from the reflection of you off of a social media platform that doesn't give a flying fuck about you. Right. What you are
0: when you're on social media, Bill Maher stole this from me, I'm convinced of it, but you are an avatar. (laughs) You are a social media avatar. You are a digital projection of the organic self. And to replace the validation you get from the approval of that digital avatar you find online, you have got to become the human being that you pretend to be on the Internet and actually authentically and organically Uh, Self-actualize and get the reward from that. The self-validation. I did this. I have accomplished this. I have achieved this without having to depend upon being fellated by the digital crowd.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I came up with. So spot on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect.
0: And now I guess I've gone that far. That's what this podcast does because I've taken the material that I've been working. I've been working on this shit since you, well, since at least 2009, that was the crux of it. That was the seed of it. Right. Oh yeah. I've been dealing oh, with yeah, it that sure. all the traveling, the hitchhiking, the backpacking stuff I did in Latin America. All of that sort of feeds into all of this. And Yeah, we've I'm, been talking about this shit yeah. one way
1: or another for 15, 20 years. I mean, I, yeah. a long time.
0: Yeah, in different different areas, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. And when, when you and I started chatting about it, I saw that you had moved really enthusiastically into this field. And then I saw <laughs> yeah. the social dilemma. I saw this, uh, the great hack thing. I've been ahead of the curve a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see this. And I think people are starting to slowly open their eyes to the things that I thought I was just, they thought I was just ranting and raving about for the last couple of years. Yeah.
1: It's the Wizard of Oz, man. Pull the curtain back yeah. and see who's controlling the Wizard. You know, yeah. And um, it's it's pretty astonishing when you wake up out of the Borg or the Matrix and see what's really going on with your data, what they're what they right. know about you, yeah. And that's that, and that's manipulating what they send you, the information. I mean, going back full circle to the beginning of the conversation, but that's really what this boils down to: is we've got to get control over the. Over how we see information, yeah. where it comes from, and rely—you know—you want reliable, good sources for that. Because yeah. man, it, it caused a light bulb in my head that I had not experienced in a long time when I heard that, and when I put that together from the podcast, from the um, from the documentary, in that, in that, my God, we're all going around with completely different experiences. Our realities are different.
0: It's like driving on the interstate with different laws of traffic,
1: right? You know, you've right. got one That's side, it. one guy That's who passes view. on
0: the left; That's the other guy passes on the right. Eventually, you're going to collide, right?
1: Perfect, perfect analogy. Green means uh, green means stop, and right. red means go.
0: Yeah, Con- <laughs> conflicting and competing one-way signs.
1: Oh, First time I, I sort of, I sort of, kind of really got into this idea of what's going on with the packs that we're seeing. I was uh, I was at the gym, and it's, my gym has a setup with the TVs. Every gym does. And I always like to choose the elliptical that has CNN on the left and Fox on the right and watching <laughs> and, yeah. and watching both of those networks cover news and deliver facts in a completely different way and completely different facts or what they decide to cover. Right. And I was, you know, and it kind of lit a, light, a little, little, little candle at that point. I was like, what's, what's really going on here? I mean, I just understood Fox is kind of conservative. CNN's kind of liberal, a little bit more center. MSNBC is overtly liberal. But it never really dawned on me until I saw these two channels side by side running together. And I thought, wow, wow, this is really this is really nuts. And that's when I started to think, well, maybe there's something to this. And this was a couple of years ago. And then now, you know, you and I have been talking. and There is something to it. And uh, it's nice to know that the people who sort of design these social media networks uh, are now coming out and saying, yeah, We've been manipulating you all this time, and you and you don't know it. <laughs> what?
0: Well, they can do. That.
1: They can do. What's that. wrong with you? They can do that you until
0: know? they fall into the sea. And if nobody listens, I've said before, and I think I think it probably horrifies people when they hear me say it. Fuck climate change. In my not so humble opinion, <laughs> hmm. this hmm. is the defining war of the 21st century. Not climate change. Learning to tell truth from falsehood. If we don't figure this out, if we don't figure this out as the technology continues to develop, what about AI? What about deepfakes? Deepfakes are close. Within a year or two, we're going to start seeing deepfake videos. You're not going to be able to tell if they're real or if they're fake.
1: Tell
0: the difference, yeah. You know, a friend of mine pointed out that the AI is going to be so indistinguishable. They'll be able to come up with AI bots that will just funnel things into your feed. You will not be able to tell. This is going to be a computer crafting this.
1: Oh yeah, sure, and allow you know let a competing uh, country let one of our uh, let one of our enemies you know start doing that. Yeah, when they don't they have are, to, when they, they
0: don't have to hire half literate people to sit in a room and create these things. When they have a bank of computers doing it for them, then what?
1: Just start the program, right?
0: This is on us. This isn't on technology. This isn't on the platforms. They're there to make money. That they're like yeah. the media. It's hard to I, I cannot stand the 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 attacks on this unethical media. I understand them and I agree with them, but I can't stand them because they are filling a hole in the market. People yeah. want their their propaganda of choice.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. They, and that and that's that's the reason we're all living in a different you know different yes, society together. Because right? if they
0: don't give it to us, we'll go someplace that we had countless choices. Crazy. They go bankrupt. You
1: know, the first people you live next to are living on a different reality than you are. Uh, the You know, the people you're sitting with on the bus, if you ride a bus, the people you're sitting with at work that you work with that you may not know, working and living under a completely different reality. It's astonishing
0: to yeah. me. You know Walter Lippmann, I talk a lot about him, and that, that
1: I need to read. I need to read his stuff. I gotta. I yeah. gotta get through these two books so I can order some more. Otherwise, I'm not allowed.
0: <laughs> I understand that. But he's got a quote <laughs> one of the one of the the best quotes I've ever heard. And he goes on to explain in one of his books. I forget which one at the time. But the quote goes paraphrasing that the, the, the uh, a people or a society that can't tell truth from falsehood does not remain free. That's the end of the quote. Okay. If you can't tell truth from bullshit, somebody is going to put you in chains, eventually.
1: I think they they throw that quote up on the screen during the documentary, I want to say. Seems like I saw it. Yeah, maybe. I think so. It fits. It fits perfectly.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't, you know, differentiate as to why, and neither do I. It doesn't matter why you can't tell truth from falsehood. The reasons are inconsequential, insignificant. It's just the simple fact that you can't. So whether it's the media... Or it's a politician or a propagandist or whoever, or just your choice to not go looking for it, not to be able to decide whether or not you're getting accurate information or even care. It doesn't matter. The result is all the same. You're going to be drowning in disinformation propaganda spin. At some point, you're going to lose your freedom. Well, it
1: was chilling when one of the guys on the uh, the documentary mentioned, you know, he was asked, you know, w- w- what do you think is the ultimate outcome of this if nothing changes? And with a straight face and somberly, he said, uh, the only possible outcome is Civil War. Yes. And that's, I don't mean to be that guy. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I, I am. But I'm, I'm trying to follow the logic, right? I'm trying to follow the logic, and the logic is there.
0: I appreciate, you know, your right. optimism. That's one of the reasons I love having you on this show. It balances me out. I really do. But I, <laughs> And don't don't lose I'm that. I'm your little dose of Prozac. Yeah. I'm happy to do no, it. No, no, right? no, no, no. You're my little dose of sunshine.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I honestly, I, I need you to show your work. If you don't see it headed that way, I mean, there were two cops ambushed in Compton. Over the weekend, yeah. did you see th- this afternoon? I, then the I, other I, side shows up at the hospital, barricades the entrance to the emergency room, screaming, "We hope they die."
1: Yeah, yeah. You've
0: seen what's happened in Portland.
1: Yeah, it's gone over
0: the edge. Show your work, Brian. I mean, if you don't see it headed that way, what's stopping it?
1: You, you know, you almost have to see it. How can you not see it? I mean, I, you know, I'm an and I'm you know, believe it or not, I'm an optimist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very optimistic person but it's really hard for me so i guess when it comes down to it we have elections hopefully that we can we can we can participate in there are ways that we can participate in our local government that can maybe do something about this but there's there are reasons that we hear things like you know when covid happened when when it was finally declared a pandemic and there were reasons that gun sales went through the fucking roof right yep um, because people get scared and when people get scared they start killing each other and that's that to me is is, is, is that's really terrifying. I and mean, we we don't I don't know I don't know that we necessarily want to be arming ourselves. We need to arm ourselves with information and in um, compassion. But I just don't know how to think about the future of the country unless we make some really dramatic changes. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs>
0: I, 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 I've been looking for this. I've been looking for this path. Sausage party hope. <laughs> it's yeah. something that one of the very first things I put out when I resurrected the show back in 2018. It's this this thing from the movie Sausage Party. I actually gleaned a, a, a sliver of wisdom from a cartoon, vile, vulgar cartoon movie a few years ago. And that was it, where you've <laughs> got to give people hope, where you can stand up on the, on, on, the, on the stage and tell people the truth, they'll flip you off. But if yeah. you wrap it in a burrito of hope,
1: yeah, you gotta you know,
0: have hope. Bullshit or no, whatever, yeah. then you can start to to bring people along. I can't find that. I cannot for the life of me. I'm looking for it. I have been trying to poke holes in my cynicism and my dystopian thinking for two years, and every time I try, it's just like, who are you kidding?
1: I always, I always lean on the idea that given enough time, and um, I guess. I hate to say information, even though we're all, I don't know, I guess it doesn't make any sense anymore because we're all living under different information. But, I, you know, what i like to try to believe is as a society, what's left of it, as a collective, the 330 million of us tend to make the right decision over time. We didn't last time, you know, with this current administration, which is a direct product of social media manipulation. Um, and this, and this idea that we're living under different realities, that's why we have the president we have right now. It's Exactly why. Um, but you know, like anyway, I'm kind of getting myself lost in my thought, but I, I always, I always like to try to believe that as a, as a whole, as a population, we tend to make the right decision. We fuck it up sometimes. We're not a hundred percent. We don't have perfect batting average, but overall we tend to make the right choice. And I'm hoping that that happens um, this election day and many election days going forward. I'm hoping that the self-actualized among us see what has happened to us in the last four years and do whatever we can to never make that happen again.
0: I, I appreciate where you're coming from. The, the thing that, especially that last sentence, I mean, it. I want to get on board. I want to hop on the SS minnow and I want to head to the, you know, the desert yeah. Island and live in yeah, paradise with it. you. I really let's do. do <laughs> yeah. But, it's- but, I keep thinking even if Biden's elected, even if we we throw this guy out of office, voting fraud, voter fraud, mail-in fraud.
1: He's setting it up already, isn't
0: he? Biden did the same thing, though. Came out saying earlier this year that Trump was going to steal the election. So now the the far left is going to think that Trump interfered in the election or fixed the election somehow if he wins. You can't have a democracy if you don't have the perception of a legitimate electoral process.
1: You you can't have a democracy without conversations. We're not having conversations anymore. We're just shouting at each other.
0: Hitler versus Hitler. That's what Matt Matt Taibbi, that's how he phrased it in his book, Hate Inc. Yeah.
1: I got to read that book. I love that guy. He's got really good
0: stuff. It's really good. Very good. His podcast is terrible. (laughs) I love the guy. He's one of three people that I absolutely adore everything he writes. I like seeing him on, <laughs> on very, you know, when he goes on Bill Maher, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's just a, a oh, yeah. wonderful thinker in my opinion anyway, but I yeah. can't stand that podcast.
1: Oh, hey, oh you don't like it?
0: <laughs> oh, that, it's half him because he's trying to be too funny. Oh, okay. You know, and he kind of takes and away he's not.
1: He's, he's not really a funny guy. Oh, he's hilarious. He's, <laughs> his, he's, his writing is hilarious. He's but I mean, sort of I'm ex- just saying like, when he's, yeah.
0: Yeah, but when he's yeah. trying to be funny. Trying and he's got yeah. this co-host that her voice, uh, <laughs> <you> no, <know. laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't stand it. But yeah, I, I, I right. wish I could. But he's his writing that book in particular is he's he's taken an insider perspective, an insider view because he's a journalist and he's taken this insider sort of attack on the media and it, it basically is a three or four hundred page uh, report on my Media One Hundred and One podcast. They are selling you uh, what you want.
1: Yeah. Because, you, you know, they're going to give you what you want, right? So it's going yeah. to take the people to change in order for them to change. Because their model is to make money, exactly. gather ears and eyeballs.
0: Exactly. That's But that's social media's model as well. So why, if yeah. the media is not going to change, why would social media change? And if that's the case... Would you,
1: re, would, would you regulate it? And how would you regulate it? Would, what would you do?
0: I, you know what? If it were me, if I were king, I, I've, I've said this before, I would get rid of it. If I could, no. I, I would. <clears throat> I would walk into Facebook's headquarters, take the people out, and blow the place to the ground.
1: Well, <laughs> I, I can't advocate for that. But I'm, not I, I would, it for, I, I'm not advocating
0: for. I'm not advocating
1: for me being king. <laughs> I would. I, you know, it's like. Um, you know, we've, we've made other things that we thought were healthy. Um, we've regulated them, right? Or we thought were good for you. we regulated, you know, things that people can OD on, like social media have been regulated. So, I, I, you know, I just don't see why our legislators have right. such a hands-off. Why, why do we have such a hands-off approach to social media? And the problem is in, in your face. They show you on the documentary, on, on, on the social me- uh, dilemma, that... Um, they, they they there have been hearings right they they've been to congress and talked about this stuff i think john tester from montana yeah. said it, so this scares the shit out of me yeah I know. he right. said that on you know yeah. in congress in his chair this scares the shit out of me what can we do and you know nobody really seems to well, want to wade you, into it
0: without blowing the place up fine i'll come off that for a second you can still vote for me to be king, though. That would be fantastic. Write me in this November. Um, uh,
1: with Kanye. You and Kanye.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Godzilla ah. Kanye ticket. Woo! Uh, that sounds great. Ah. One thing that I that I would do, I guess, short of that, it, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is accountability and getting rid of the anonymity of the internet. If you had to attach your name to everything that you shared, everything you posted, and it could be seen by everyone in your life without being hidden.
1: Yeah. That's that's not bad because there's some vile fucking people on there, man. And they say some some really nasty shit to each other.
0: Yeah, and <clears throat> yeah, and then they go back to work and they're nice as pie. You know, and they're nice, and, it's, yeah. and you
1: know, and it's you know somebody who's just real sweet. The person who brings the chocolate chip cookies in on Monday morning, yeah, and turns out you know they're this this horrible human being on social media. Right. That's a, that's a shadow self conversation. Write that down for a later episode. Which one? <laughs> the shadow self. The shadow self. Yeah.
0: Oh, I dropped my pen. You'll have to write it down. I can't reach my pen. And I don't want to lose this thought because I, I think that it seems to me we have to have a license to drive a car. To get on the, the highway, you're supposed to have a driver's license. You have to go in, you have to show where you live, you have to prove it's you, and put it on this piece of paper so they can find you if you run it over an old, you know, an old lady on the street, right? Right. right? Why not take that attitude with some sort of regulation and licensing of Internet content? That if you post anything, if you're doing a podcast, if you do if you have a social media account, anything, it has to be tied to one central piece of identification. And it cannot be hidden. You can't go on Twitter and anonymously post something. So, in other words, if your boss decides he wants to see what kind of human being you really are, he can. I don't really like the idea that your boss can go and see what you're up to when you're not at work. But this, I'm starting to kind of double think this.
1: Well, if you're willing to put that out there. You know, if, yeah, if exactly. Posting, you right? don't
0: have to you just don't post it, and then your exactly. boss will never see it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, there are a lot of I, ethics involved in that and free speech and all this other stuff. But I, you're, you, when you're talking about a, a solution to this specific problem of social media disinformation and polarization, I think accountability has to be one of them. You can't have Butt Jammer 23 be your online identification.
1: No, you have to have your name. Yes. Oh, my that. gosh.
0: Be a good start. The only other solution that I can see is that the gatekeepers have to come back. We have to get back to that point you were talking about earlier. That's that's what you were referring to with you know Cronkite and
1: Mud and uh, Dan Rather, whoever else. Is that- journalistic integrity I and mean, those people exist. They're out there. Yeah, but there's no you. You don't have to qualify to be a blogger
0: and to exactly. tell people
1: that you're. You know what I mean. You don't have to have any. You don't have to have any education in it. You don't have to have any. Um, you know, any education in the ethics of journalism and what it means to share terrible information. I mean, way- we went through this we went through this in nineteen was it thirty eight with the War of the Worlds and, mm-hmm. and Orson Welles. This is the prime that 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 that's that era's version. <sighs> Of kind of what's going on now, oh, that's except it's going on every day, constantly in our, in our heads, that right? That is and in a our great
0: people. analogy. I never thought about that. This is war of the worlds. In fact, we have a, it title, we have a title for the podcast now. Thanks. We Bob. have
1: a title for the podcast. Thank you. HG uh, Wells <sighs> and, my, and my hero, Orson Wells. but uh, not, then. they're not related, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, that's really what it is. And it's, and that's what caused. The uh, regulation, very shortly after a simple radio broadcast that scared the shit out of a bunch of people on the East Coast, regulation came out saying, you know, we got policy in the government that said, look, if, you gonna, if you're going to couch something as news, this, these are the standards that you have to have in order to do that. And if you're not going to do it, then you have to call it something else. And that, that came that came out of that broadcast. But then it all kind of went to shit. Um, with the uh, with the new Communication Act, I want to say of nineteen ninety six, that uh, you know that basically deregulated everything and made it a free for all again.
0: It destroyed our industry.
1: And it destroyed our industry and it made our made made it unfun to be in. You know, when I got in, when I was in, in the business, not to go on about this, but when I got in the business, we were still paying records, man. I was I played forty five putting them on a turntable and queuing them up, you know. Yeah. and um and then it became you know sit down for 20 minutes and record a four-hour show and then go do something else for the company that you didn't sign on to do i don't know it, it wasn't it was it was it was just a shadow of the business that i fell in love with back in the uh, 80s and 90s and, and all computer operated and, and everything is just done dictated by someone that lives thousands of miles away from you that has no idea what's going on in your town but it's you know, if it doesn't show up in the numbers, if it's not statistically significant, then we're not going to do it. So yeah, no. that—that's what came out of that. And I could, we could, we could have, we could have an episode on how much, um, how disappointed I am in, in the broadcast industry.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that I was waiting for for a chance to say we should do an episode on radio.
1: <laughs> we should, we should, because I had yeah. some feelings about it, and we were both pretty good at it. We knew a little bit about it, and and I think it would be an interesting show. But yeah. Um, Uh, Back to this one, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I I guess there has to be an answer. I don't know what that answer is Um, and I'm not afraid to be vulnerable and admit that. I don't know what it is, how we're going to, how we're going to fix social media so that we're all at least, we're all at least getting the same facts so that we can make educated choices about what we believe about those facts. But at least they're the same facts, right? You don't get to have your own facts. Well, you do now. No, you don't. If you can set up your feed, so you do. That's the whole point of this facts.
0: conversation. If everybody has their own facts, they are not. The definition of those things is not a fact.
1: They're not factually factual.
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a relativist when it comes to reality. I hate re- you know these people that have their own my reality,
1: my oh, truth. Really, fuck yeah. you! Oh, no, God. no, you don't. Oh,
0: There's one no. reality. We have perceptions. We have interpretations. But we have right. words for those two things. Reality isn't one of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> so but I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe one of these conversations, one of these days, we'll stumble across something that we can do about it. But yeah, in the meantime, I think I would just encourage people that are listening to your podcast to check out that uh, check out that documentary. I yeah. have no financial uh, interest in it or whatever. It really it really flipped a switch I mean, You know, we always kind of know, especially I think your listeners are probably savvy enough too, to kind of know that there's something going on. But these guys really lay it out for you and, okay. and, and put it in terms that uh, really like light bulbs in your mind and and, uh, and give you the uh, mm-hmm. motivation to make your own changes. You brought up, uh, speaking of documentaries, you brought up climate change a little while ago. Have you checked out um, Planet of the Humans yet?
0: No, you told me about that. I had never heard about Check it that one. before. Check that one out,
1: too. Yeah, so yeah it'll blow YouTube? your mind. It's, uh, yeah, it's on YouTube, free to watch. Um, you, you, the, the, the most astonishing thing is, is that the Michael Moore production. Uh, he didn't direct it. He didn't He didn't make it. He's the executive producer, so I think he just paid for it. Um, it makes but, me uh, skeptical.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll give it a I chance. Don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Give it a chance. Give, I'm not going to tell you anything about it until you watch it. I think it'll blow your mind.
0: I'll check it out, despite the fact it's from Michael Moore. I used to love him, uh, too. I have it bald.
1: He went a bald. He went a little off the deep end, but he did predict uh, Trump in 20, uh, 2016. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Yeah, you I did. Was, I
0: did. I was in Peru. and uh, I, was in
1: deni- I was in denial right up until like 10 o'clock election night. And then I i think of Ohio went and I went to bed.
0: This is interesting. <laughs> it, it gets back to that, that some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, but I was down in uh, Peru hanging out with Chris at his hostel up in the, the Andes Mountains. Secluded, no internet. I mean, it was it was awesome, and people from all over the world. Usually, younger kids in their twenties somewhere. They'd all come in, and we'd have this really cool conversation. Like we watched a a girl from Finland and a German girl argue about the invasion in World War II. It was fantastic. Uh-huh. You, you talk about different perceptions, and uh, that was anyway. Well, yeah, so we had the propaganda this, we grow up with. Yes, right. yeah. So the spin, however you want to look at it. But we, it, it was, it was a really. Fantastic interaction of different people. And Trump came up constantly. They're like, he's not going to get elected. He cannot be that stupid to elect that fool. <laughs> and I'm sitting over here in the corner. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah. People, I'm not going to call them stupid, but yeah, they could. And they're yeah. like, no. And Chris is over there. You don't think so, do you? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. Denial is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I came home, and I I was still in the liberal camp at that point. I was still sort of in the pre-resistance stage there. And I allowed myself to get sucked into the narrative that there was no way that Clinton was going to be able to lose this election, that Donald Trump could never win an election in this country. I allowed myself to believe it up until <laughs> I spent election night in 2016, Colorado Springs across I-25 looking at Cheyenne Mountain from my little tent. That's how wow. I spent the election, and I'm sitting uh, here.
1: The symbology in that is is,
0: yeah, is astonishing. Fantastic, and I'm sitting here on my phone. I had Facebook, and I had like two people who were keeping me updated on what they were seeing. And as mm. the night, and I'm like, yes, we can finally get rid of Donald Trump. And then later, oh, well, this is this is closer than I thought. Wait a minute, he what? won. What? what? what
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I took a picture of myself when I finally realized that he had won that election and I'm disgusted. I'm just enraged. I've got a cigarette dangling from my, my, my mouth. I've got a knit cap on cause it's cold. And the look on my face is both disgust at the fact that we elected Donald Trump and disgust at myself because I let, I knew this could happen. Yeah. And I let myself get sucked into the democratic narrative. Yeah. The, the progressive, the liberal, the pre-resistance narrative that mm-hmm. no, it, it can never happen. It, and that, that was a big moment for me because it was within six months of that that I was out of the resistance camp. I went through this phase after the inauguration where I hated him. I hated everything about it. I was uh-huh. kind of photographing the protests on Inauguration Day in Chicago. But by March of that year, I had started looking at what had sucked me in, the propaganda mm-hmm. spin and all this. And I'm like, no, I'm getting the hell out of this.
1: Yeah. It's just as bad on the left as it is on the right, and you've just got to find your. That's why you know I consider myself pretty much center center left. Now, mm-hmm. these days I used to be with you. I was you know I was I was on I wasn't you know in the protest like you were, uh, but I was very much a lefty until being a lefty didn't make any sense. It didn't match up the cognitive. I couldn't yes. resolve. I couldn't resolve the cognitive dissonance. Uh, yeah, and it you know what, what I was believing and what I was seeing were two completely different things, and I chose to believe the facts of what I was seeing and make my own choices rather than just kind of, uh, you know, move along with the group. Um, But that doesn't mean I I don't find value in progressive ideas, but there's, I, I find value in some conservative ideas too. So I think, I think if more of us, you know, as a country, if we go back to that, we start listening to each other, talking to each other, stop shouting at each other when people get into these political conversations, their faces turn evil. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you just see their faces turn into something like, what is that? They're beasts. And it just becomes really ugly. And I just don't understand, or, or I just don't, don't know why we need to do that, why it needs to come to that. Because everything um, has
0: been, I posted this thing on the, on, in the group. I, right, I was
1: getting right to say, the only reason I can think of that it's like that is because we're living in, two, we're living in multiple different realities.
0: It goes beyond that.
1: It's a, it's a multiverse.
0: It goes beyond that, though, because, and th- and this is the effect of propaganda, and I'll get mm-hmm. into this when I start uh, reposting and re- sort of editing down the propaganda series I did a year ago. But it ties into this Joan Didion piece that I posted to the group and I posted on the page. She did this, put out this essay in 1965 called On Morality. It's Slouching Toward Bethlehem is the book that has contained in at least one of them. But the last two paragraphs of that that, that essay are profound. Because, and, and she puts forth that when people turn their beliefs and their wants, or what they think should happen, when they turn it into a moral imperative, that you enter the realm of the madman who's yeah. ready to exterminate the beast, exterminate yeah. the savage. And that's where we've come. That's where we've come. The left, I didn't leave the left, the left left me. And left me standing here by myself, free to look around at something else, right? Because they turned, they used Donald Trump as an impetus to turn everything into a moral imperative, putting them in the the, the battlefield with the madman and the fanatic.
1: Well, the first person that comes to my mind that basically did the same thing was Hitler, right? He he turned his beliefs into a moral imperative.
0: The list is endless.
1: And six million people got murdered. And it just, you know, it's, the crus- so that's what happened. You can go that's back to happened.
0: the. You can go back to the Crusades. Yeah. You can oh, go back to yeah. the, the Indians. You can go back to Latin America with the Spanish. It's a moral imperative mm-hmm. that we convert the savage, and if we can't yeah. convert the savage, he must be exterminated. Then, then we have to kill him. And that's yeah. the mentality we have now. That that explains the savage look you see on people's faces when they start discussing politics. They are in- engaging in discoursing in their mind with a savage
1: savage is the best word yeah they do they, their faces turn into savage yeah i've seen it yeah. you know some you know and these are people that are like you know it. you know the, the the lady who answers the phones at work you know and she's really sweet and <laughs> and then you you, watch, you know what i mean and then yeah. you, you watch and you see her face just turn into this my like guys too they just people get angry they, they get really really ugly yeah. On so many levels, I just feel like we've got to do something about this, and I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe we can continue to talk about it. Maybe I can join this movement. It just, I just feel like um, if we continue on this path, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. It's guaranteed. It's to not fail. working. It's it guaranteed. It did not work now.
0: Guaranteed to fail. I'll go back to Alul and the propaganda stuff, and when you when you get into that moral imperative, you, you, what you're doing is you're elevating yourself, putting yourself on this pedestal, giving you know providing the group moral certitude. He uses that phrase over and over and over and over again in that book, where you are elevated with that moral certainty. And that's yeah. that. That ties perfectly into Joan Didion. On morality is the name of the essay. Anybody who's listening to this show should be listening or should be reading that essay at some point. It's not that long, but pay particular attention to the last two or three paragraphs of it. She b- drives that thing home like a. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, we're just coming full
1: circle again, aren't we? It just keeps, yeah. the same shit just keeps coming up over and over again in our history, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure that we're ever going to actually change. And maybe, maybe in the end, you know, we learn something from all this, and it gets better but i'm i'm worried that unless people become aware yeah. poke their heads up out of the you know ground like a like a prairie dog and look around and go whoa, whoa where yeah. have i been for the last 15 years
0: yeah and that takes um, that takes some humility to be able to do that it though takes, because you've also got to, got to be able to look at the look in the mirror and understand if and when you've perpetuated it when you've engaged in it yourself and what role you have played or are still playing in the problem
1: exactly and can you change Right. Maybe, you know, one person at a time, something.
0: That's everything. I mean, everybody has yeah. to be able to do that yeah. or else you don't change. It's true. Everybody has to engage in that or nothing changes and we continue going where we're headed.
1: Yeah, I think until, you know, until, um, you know, there's some antitrust action or something against some of these uh, giant technology companies, um, I'm just not sure that we're going to see any change from their, from their perspective, right? As long as they've got the dollars coming in, as long as they're, you know, as long as they're able to monetize clicks, nothing is going to change. It's going to have to come from the people. It's going to have to come from Congress. You know, we're going to have to make that change. And like I said, I'm just not 100% sure how how to make that happen. Other than first, first change yourself. That's everything to me. First change yourself and then everybody else. You know, we'll hopefully do theirs. I don't think we survive another um, another uh, Trump uh, administration.
0: I'm weary of that because a lot of people said we wouldn't survive this one.
1: I mean, yeah, true. I mean, I don't mean like the, you know the country's gonna crumble. I just mean that what comes out of the other end is going to be a different country than what it is now. It's already pretty different than what yeah. it was in 2016.
0: I, I don't know that it matters, Brian. I don't know that if Biden's elected, that what comes out, What if you think that the right wing has already gotten, fanaticized itself to its limit, you're crazy. If Biden gets elected in a close election with the howls of mail-in fraud, voter fraud, right. it, how much... Further, is the right going to radicalize itself under a Biden administration? And if he dies and Kamala Harris becomes president, how much worse is that going to make it?
1: And vice versa. What, exactly. you know, what are the woke going to do? And, you know, and all this kind of. Yes. I just don't. That, this is the problem. We're just sort of describing what we've been talking about for, for about the last hour and a half or I'm so. And terrified that is. That that, is man. Nothing changes until yeah. we all start looking at the same reality. Yeah.
0: To drive this home, I guess we should probably wrap. We're a little over an hour now. But I. I yeah, to drive this home, as far as the documentary goes, Social Dilemma, it's on Netflix. It's excellent. Watch it, especially uh, as far as the, uh, the content on how they are manipulating you and how they're using your data against you to basically get you to react how they want you to react, buy things, look at things, and all that stuff. But the one point that I want to drive home on this, and they don't do it, they fail in it, and I, I understand why, but they do not put the onus upon us. They think that tech is gonna save tech. They think that the platforms have to evolve and have to it evolve's the only word that I can think of. Save us from themselves. I think it has to come from us. It's the people. It's always been the people. If you want your media to change, the people have to demand a better media. If you want Absolutely. social media if to you're change, not, you
1: know if you're not paying for it, you're the product. Exactly. What's the other way they say it? If you're if you're uh if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. <laughs> I
0: haven't heard right? that one. That's good.
1: All yeah, right, if you yeah. don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu.
0: Exactly. So take All yourself of these, off the menu. Precisely. Do it. There's a lot of other things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, again, the we do we have that a next year's week. worth of podcasts we can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. We have a ton of these. You can probably cut two out of this one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're going to keep this one like it is. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little over an hour. I've I've done two and a half hours on this podcast before. Really? Yeah. Oh, My listeners are uh they're a special breed. They have a uh, have highly some, developed
1: you have, pa- huh? you have some patient listeners.
0: I do. I think I, I like to think it's because I am a compelling host.
1: <laughs> oh, well there is that. I don't think I think it's charity. <laughs> <Jerry. laughs> when I
2: came back to the United States, I decided that if you could use propaganda for war, you could certainly use it for peace. And propaganda got to be a bad word because of the Germans using it. So what I did was to try to find some other words so we found the word council on public relations.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the Network News Hour, with Sybil the Soothsayer... Russia, 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 Putin, Russia's Russia, 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 Russian, Russian, Russian... Russian and, ...and her skeletons in the closet. Our Press Secretary gave alternative facts. Alternative facts. Tonight, another segment of Vox Populon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love my country. And starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Deal! <laughs>
2: The way you do it. Whoa, it's us. We're in a lot of trouble. Because you people and 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now. Because less than 3% of you people read books. Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world. And woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. And that's why, woe is us, that's
1: why, woe is us. Facebook is an idealistic idealistic and optimistic company. People really forming these tribal identities on Facebook where you will see people getting into big fights. Or to spread misinformation.
2: When the largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth? Welch drove all the way from North Carolina to
0: self-investigate PizzaGate. Self-investigate PizzaGate.
2: Listen to me. Listen to me. This is a goddamn amusement park. A circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. May I tell you something about yourself? You are well above average, in education and intelligence. And you have one characteristic that's rather encouraging to me. You are not easily persuaded by advertising. Helps guys with ED get and keep an erection. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you want the truth, that
1: ain't working.
2: Go to God, go to your gurus, go to yourselves, because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. But man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man, none of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. Turn them off right now! Turn them off and leave them off! Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now! Turn them off! Look at that! Look at it! <laughs>
0: Well, there it is. Episode number 87 of the Escaping the Cave podcast. Escapingcave.com is my website. A couple of things that I wanted to get to today, uh, but didn't. And I'll probably delve into these topics in future podcasts. In fact, one of them I just did. Democratized information. I just did a show, re-released a show about democratized opinion, where I do talk about the corrosive effects of democratized information, the democratic swamp of crowd-generated content. Rather than creating a democratic utopia, information means nothing. Expertise means nothing when you can go find your happy facts. Again, I'm not going to delve into that. I'm not going to give you a rant about stuff we already just talked about, but that topic is going to come back and ruminate on that. One of the other things that I wanted to mention today was the scraping away of the thin veneer of civilization. Some of the topics that we started to explore in depth today sound an awful lot like that. How this technology is unleashing the ability to devolve back into a primal beast. Where we came from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago it's done via this technology the anonymous nature of the technology unleashing the id I'm gonna say this you may cringe you may twitch but reason is not where we thrive rather than seeking truth we thrive in an environment where we're trying to build status that's how we're wired socially that's how we evolved we can reason but it's not our instinct We have to be aware of it, and we have to constantly work and fight to get to that point. And if we're unaware of it, Uh perhaps you've noticed. I may have given you the impression in this podcast, too, that I think Joan Didion's essay on morality is an essential piece of work. I'd like to correct that statement. It is an essential piece of work, the last two or three paragraphs of it particularly. She pulls a line from, I forget the name of the book, In the Heart of Darkness, I think. Exterminate the Brutes. This falls right into the sweet spot of a lot of the things that we have been talking about and will continue to talk about on morality when things become a moral imperative. You have entered the field, entered the realm of the madman and the fanatic, the realm of people who commit genocide in its extreme. I believe that that state, that state of moral certitude, as Alul put it, its biggest symptom... Is the word should people should do this people should believe that it turns into coercion trying to force people to behave a certain way to be a certain way and if taken far enough if people do not conform to your demands the rationalizations for things like exterminations take place moral imperatives the word and the mindset of you should we should they should that is an incredibly important essay. I'll say it again, man. If you're listening to this podcast, get familiar with that piece of work. It's short. It's an essay. You can do it. I believe in you. If you can't find it online, let me know, please. Somebody, ToddZillaX at gmail.com. If you cannot find that full work, I will transcribe it and post it. Happily. Joan Didion, D-I-D-I-O-N on morality. Brian's coming back next week. It's going to be a regular thing. We both enjoyed the hell out of this today. (laughs) On top of that, I've got some other things that I'm looking at for the podcast in addition to re-editing and then reposting some of the propaganda material from last year. I've also got some other things in the works, some brand new stuff, some original material that I have stacks of next to me. I'm getting closer and closer to being able to sort of you know, organize it and get it put together. So be looking for that. I do appreciate your patronage. Escapingthecave.com is my website. If you like it, the podcast, share it. Huh? You're my marketing team, man. Simple as that. I ain't getting paid for this. <laughs> it's up to you. Word of mouth, baby.
1: Again, thanks for clicking in. We'll talk to you next time. So long.